The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for Biden. This is for Biden. Firearms Friday. Yeah, baby. Firearms Friday. Your chance to sound off on issues of a two. A nature right here on the big radio program, The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, and of course, around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com. Hello, my friends. How are you? Good morning. It's um, it's Friday, and it's a uh, little sunny a uh, little uh, little chill, little cool out there. Uh, but uh, we've got uh, we've got lots of good stuff ready for you and ready to talk about and all the things that uh, we it's it's things, stuff and things, Lori, stuff and things. That's a walking dead reference for those of you who don't know. Uh, anyway, welcome to the program and thanks for coming out and joining us uh, here on Firearms Friday. Uh, up in snowy Fairbanks, of course, we've got the uh, big Go Winter Expo going on this weekend uh, at the Carlson Center. So if you're out and about, and you are uh, uh, you're 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 hanging out with us, and uh, um, you're going to be in the area, why don't you stop by and see us? We'll be uh, around the Go Winter Expo, and of course, the Interior Alaska Gun Shows there as well. So feel free to uh, feel free to stop on by. It's going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna have a great uh, we're gonna have a great time, so just uh, come on in and and say hi to us. That's uh, if you're out and about and around this weekend, that is the uh, that's that's the place to go. The place to go. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun stuff. All right, um, what are we gonna talk about today? Well, we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff. We got we got plenty of things we got plenty of things to do. Um, and plenty of things to see, but the biggest thing that I want to say uh, about today is that we are well. We're all we're all ready. We're all ready to do the uh, we're all ready to do the open line, open forum thing. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm excited about. Uh, and I would love to uh, I'd love to to talk with you today about firearms and the second amendment and gun safety and so much more so much more feel free to uh to hit us up and dial us this morning i think that's uh, that's that's where we get started so phone number to call is 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 if you would like to uh, sound off about anything Firearm related today, 
We would love to hear from you. All participants are muted. Look at that. That means that it just said right there, we are good to go. That means the phone lines are open and uh, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about it. Talk about it. Um yeah, I mean that's just it. I I was trying to work on some guests and and uh, of course with the travel and the stuff and the show and and everything else it just it didn't work out and I said, "Why are you sweating it?" Your favorite thing is to talk to the people. I'm a man of the people. So why not just talk to the people from around the state, from around the country? Why not just... Okay. So uh, so that's what we're doing. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, pretty much anything you want to talk about today as long as it's firearms related. That's the, that's the whole gist of Firearms Friday. For those of you who haven't figured that out yet or are maybe just discovering the show for the first time, this show is... is Really not for the uh, pro-gun side, although I'm sure many of you love it. It's really to try and answer questions and to, um, uh, you know, to demystify the firearm for many of you who may just be, hey, you're not pro-gun, you're not anti-gun, you're just kind of gun curious, right? You're just going, well, I, just, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. That's who this show is targeting. And so gun Q&A is our chance to... Uh, Answer a bunch of those questions. Answer a bunch of those questions and uh, talk with you about uh, all the stuff that uh, you may want to uh, discuss and talk about, and 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 to demystify. We're I mean we're fighting against. Gosh, I don't know 40, 40 years, uh, maybe more forty, maybe fifty years of indoctrination of indoctrination from the news media, from the entertainment industry, from the movies, from, uh, you know, I mean, just everywhere. And, uh, you know, the, the, it's, it's astonishing. Somebody in the chat room just said, um, the cop shows, the murder cases solving, et cetera. He goes, it's hideous. It's, I mean, I talked about this the other day. Um, as much as I admire the, um, uh, uh, the acting ability and, and some of the storytelling on something like uh, one of my wife's uh, favorite shows is Law and & Order. And as much as I admire a lot of the stuff that those folks, you know, again, as actors and, and as storytellers do, I just, I just find it heinous the way that they treat the idea of an armed citizen um, and the misinformation they put out there. And really... The even just the procedural, even just the way that they treat uh, people, suspects, um, and um, and people that they interview on the shows, and it really doesn't. I mean, I guess Law and Order is the most egregious one because that's the one that's on my mind. But you know, it it does no good, and whether it's intentional or unintentional, to basically brainwash people into thinking that. I mean, how many times have you seen a police procedural where they have the suspect, um, uh, they have the suspect in the interview room, and they're both in there just grilling them hard, right? And the guy's just, you know, the guy or the gal is just, oh, you know, and and people just assume that that's the position that you have. Where's the lawyer? 
I did have to applaud the show. I walked in the other day. My wife was watching uh, Law and Order, and as you know, yeah, you do sometimes when you're walking through a room where television is on, your attention is captured by it for a minute. And they had the guy in the chair, you know, and they're 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 sweating him for information. They're doing this, they're doing that, and the guy answered like two questions, and they're just really trying to go hammer and tong on him. And he goes, "I'd like my lawyer now," and they're like, "Ugh." You sure you want to do that? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) And all questioning stops. It was one of the more realistic moments on uh, on that show. But, I mean, again, I think this goes back to what we were talking about last Friday. um, Is that, you know, you you don't understand a, a, a right not understood and not exercised is a right lost, essentially. And I think at the time we were talking about, you know, whether or not you invite people to enter your home to search or to search your vehicle, you know, if they're asking permission and everything else. And, you know, the, the answer was no, you know, kind of thing. But this is the this is the whole situation. You have to understand your rights to be able to exercise them because it, you know, uh, a right misunderstood is or a right not understood or a right not exercised is a right lost. So anyway, uh, th- this is the kind of stuff that we're trying to. Um, this is the kind of stuff that we're trying to counteract in the show on Fridays. That's kind of the whole. That's the whole point. That's where we're at. So, um, phone lines are open 907-433-3150. Oh, and uh, last uh, in the end of the show today. We're going to be diving into it with Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. My buddy Willie is going to come on board, and he shares with us um, just kind of a, a you know a general a general entertainment report from some of the news for movies and Hollywood, which I know many of you don't care about, but I always like to. I love movies. I do. I like movies. I like storytelling of any kind, whether it's uh, you know audio books or plays or radio dramas. You know, there's been a huge, I don't know, this is totally and has nothing to do with Firearms Friday, but I don't know if any of you uh, use Spotify. I use Spotify quite a bit for, you know, for stuff for podcasts and for music and stuff. But my, lately, my my Spotify homepage has been loaded with uh, podcasts that are, that, are, that are storytelling podcasts that are like old-time radio dramas. And uh, I love that. I love, love storytelling. Um, and so I love storytelling, whether it's movies or even television, good television. I like good television. Um, or, uh, like I said, audiobooks or radio dramas or podcasts. And I think that, you know, sometimes we get a little too serious around here. Um, I mean, I don't get a little too serious. I think sometimes you get a little too serious. Uh, and so I like to finish up the show with a little bit of a lighter side. And try and get, uh, and Willie's been doing my movie reviews now for eight years, I guess. That's, that's hard to believe, isn't it? Eight years of Willie Waffle. And uh, so it, it, he comes in, we'll talk a little bit of entertainment, we'll talk about some of the shows or movies that are on the stream. I'm really looking forward to, just as a teaser for the, the end of the show today, 
I'm really looking uh, forward to the his review of the new uh, Amazon Prime series called Peripheral, which is coming out today. Uh, Willie, of course, as a professional movie reviewer, he gets early access to a lot of that stuff. So I'm hoping he's seen two or three episodes that we can get uh, um, so that uh, we can get it. Uh, all right. Um, where are we at? I guess I got a phone call. I guess we got one phone call. And I suppose we should uh, start over there before I get into the headlines, because I got a bunch of headlines from around the country where we can talk about uh, news and views and and uh, Second Amendment stuff. But since your phone calls reign supreme, let's let's start there. Why not? It's Friday. Feeling I'm. Fe- I mean, I got so much stuff to do today. I'd just like to go back to bed. But let's talk to the caller instead. Here we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Hello, Ron. Yeah, well, since you kicked the door open uh, about cop shows, there are two things I'd like to uh, just bring up that stuck in me in my craw just a little bit. Okay. We repeated we repeatedly see firearms in interview rooms and cell block areas. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, you do see that. The guy's got his hand on his hip with his pistol there while he's interviewing and intimidating the suspect. And that's not how it normally is. And and secondly, there was a there was a, a scene on one of the uh, Feeble Eye series here a year or so ago where uh, the uh, agent uh, had his uh, holster exposed for the camera. And it was a Serpa. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not in this world. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, Serpa, for those of you who don't know, Serpa is a is an injection-molded holster with a, little, uh, it, with a little button next to the trigger guard that allows you to draw the – it locks the pistol in. Um, I've had one, but they're not – I mean, they're – you know, anyway, they've – they are mostly shunned by the legit gun community, but apparently some armorer on some television show said, this looks cool. We'll put this here. <laughs> right? just, just thought I'd bring those things up. You have a great day, and I'll see you later on, either today or tomorrow. All right, Ron. Thanks so much. I appreciate you calling in this morning and joining us. Uh, all right. Well, that takes us right up to the first break of the show. This is going to be the fastest two hours in radio today. It really is. I mean, that, but of course... You know, that's how it normally is around here, right? All right, we're going to go to break. I got to remember all the buttons to push because I'm broadcasting remotely today. I got a lot more buttons that I need to push to make sure everything goes where everything's supposed to go. So uh, let's get this done. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yeah, I got to shorten these. Uh, I forgot I got to shorten these uh, timers up here because it takes me five seconds to push all the buttons and then put it up there. All right. Um, hi. How are you? 
we're in the we're in the we're in the break now. Is that right? Look at that. Hey, even that looks good. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, another pet peeve, says Brian, is cops who carry cross draw. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, um, welcome to Fairbanks. Did you bring the snow? No, I didn't. I got to tell you, the drive up yesterday, five hours and 15 minutes, cruise control set at the speed limit. It was just the roads were, there was one section for about 10 miles where you couldn't use cruise control because it was pretty slushy. But after that, it was just like, Get back on it. There you go. Um, it's it's good. Uh, someone's need. Brian also said someone needs a vacuum cleaner. Take a vacuum cleaner to that sound dampening foam. Oh, behind me. That's not that's not debris and detritus. That this foam is pretty cool actually. It's uh, it's got sparklies in it. It's sparkly. That's not that's not debris. That's actually it's got a little sparkle in the foam. And so you're what you're seeing back there is, uh, you know, that's those are sparklies. It's all sparkly. <laughs> um, did they catch that feller in the red excursion with the stickers on the back yet? Is that the guy in uh, is that the guy in in uh, Soldatna that they've been looking for that burned down the house? If so, he's still at large. I saw that this morning, five days later. <laughs> Um, Donna Ardwin. Uh, uh, good morning. <clears throat> it's great to be in Alaska. Sorry, I couldn't say. I'm really, I was really bummed, um, Donna, uh, when Michael Chambers asked me to come over and MC this. Um, you know, my the shows that I do, the gun shows and the uh, and the expos and things that I do are set, you know, almost a year in advance, and so I can't really change it. And because I travel, and I refuse to fly in the airplane. Um, for a variety of reasons, mostly because it's just easier to drive. It takes about 40 minutes longer to drive from my house to Fairbanks than it does to drive to Anchorage, park my car, do the things, get the body cavity search on the way into the airplane, wait for the airplane, fly in the airplane, fly to Fairbanks, go get a rental car, blah, 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 blah. Do the whole reverse on the way. It's like 40 minutes longer to actually just climb in my car and drive. So... <coughs> <coughs> Wrong button. I grabbed the wrong knob before I coughed. There we go. So anyway, um, yeah. Now, I was really sorry. I was really sorry to miss you, uh, Donna. Uh, and it looked like you guys were going to have a great time uh, this weekend. Or this, uh, yesterday, I guess. Goodness. <laughs> um, had a guy who was snow blowing my driveway, but he's no longer available. Uh, I'm still, I'm just still scrolling backwards into some of the uh, thing. Any good news says Robbie, Robbie, it's firearms Friday. And I don't, I mean, my good news site that I go to is pretty generic, so it doesn't have anything. I, if I did a good news segment, I would love to, uh, I would love to, uh, do like a firearms good news segment. You know what I mean? All right. We're getting a dump of snow here in Fairbanks. Well, I don't. I in Fairbanks this morning, and when I left the hotel, there was a skimming of snow, and it was snowing on my car, but it wasn't. Somebody said last night that we're supposed to get three inches overnight, and I'm like, oh lord, it wasn't that bad. So, and and it's warm. I mean, it's like twenty. It's like raining, snowing here. It's like you know, thirty degrees, thirty-one degrees. 
So if the sun comes out today, I don't know how, how well this snow is going to stick. I don't know. I just prefer not to get the major dump before uh, Sunday night where I have to drive back. That's what I would care about. All right, you guys, I'm, I didn't get... Um, I didn't get anything. Um, okay, I, I'm not caught up on the comments yet, but we're running out of time. So, uh, hey, it's Friday. If I'm 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 Friday. Uh, if you stop while you're driving, you can get some cool snacks. <laughs> All right, here we go, folks. <clears throat> Getting ready to get into it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. It's, we're getting we're getting close. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Yes, I finally remembered all the different buttons that I needed to push. And there was a lot of them. There was a lot of them. Uh, All right. We are uh, continuing now. uh, Open line, open forum for Firearms Friday. Uh, And we are going to talk about a lot of different things today. Um, But most importantly, we're going to talk to you. So, again, if you wanted to sound off this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call, 907-433-3150. We'll answer questions. We'll just chit-chat. We we were talking here just a few minutes ago about the the stupidity of uh, the stupidity of... uh, uh, you know, television and, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of the procedural cop shows and everything else, but whatever it is that you want to talk about, well, now's the, the time to, uh, to do it. Uh, there's some interesting things happening around the world and the Bruin decision continues to have some repercussions that, um, some of them unforeseen. <clears throat> and I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, the, uh, other day, but, um, there was a whole discussion about how, uh, you know, the president has uh, been making, he's made a big deal about the ghost guns, right? The so-called ghost guns that he really wanted to eliminate because they're such a serious threat to the United States. Now, again, if you look at it statistically, it's not a serious threat. But, you know, this is where, you know, feelings are all that matter and the facts don't count. Uh, but he essentially wanted to kill ghost guns you know what he's calling ghost guns because that's spooky spooky it's unserialized firearms and they here's the thing we've been making unserialized firearms in this country for 245 years it's it's not like this is like all of a sudden somebody discovered how to make firearms in their basement people have been making their own firearms for centuries at this point we're into the multiple century point. So anyway, he wanted to do whatever he could. He even uh, he even issued executive orders intending to do so. Unfortunately, it uh, didn't work quite like he'd hoped. Dr. John Lott uh, has got a piece over at The Federalist. 
And uh, uh, we, uh, he was one of the guys I wanted to try and get on the program today to talk about this, but I'll just, I'll give you the gist of it, the gist of it. I'll give you the gist of it. Uh, the gist of this is that um, what uh, his new push regarding ghost guns and uh, trying to put serial numbers on guns has hit a major roadblock. Relying on the Supreme Court's Bruin decision in June, a West Virginia federal district court judge ruled on Thursday that it is unconstitutional to ban guns without serial numbers. This is hardly the end of the story, however, as federal judges in Texas and North Dakota seem to have no problem with requiring serial numbers. But back to West Virginia, this judge, U.S. District Judge Joseph Goodwin, who isn't some wide-eyed Trump nominee? He was nominated by Bill Clinton. He's been a he was a Clinton nominee, been on the bench for years. Goodwin followed the reasoning of the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote in the majority Bruin opinion: "Government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation." Judge Goodwin noted that it wasn't until 1968 in the Gun Control Act that all guns had to have unique serial numbers. So it doesn't it doesn't play into that. Biden's expanded use of serial numbers is aimed at stopping the production of homemade guns, now called ghost guns by gun control advocates. Homemade guns, though, have been around since even before the United States become became a country. And it was never terribly difficult to make a gun with simple machine tools. But now their production has become nearly impossible to regulate with 3D metal printers. And they're not really metal printers. They're 3D lathes. But again, with 3D metal printers, people can now make weapons that are indistinguishable from those purchased in the store. And I think this is something that the it really hadn't dawned on a lot of people that the Bruin decision would have wider-reaching ramifications. In fact, we're starting to see more and more the results of what happened in Bruin and what it's going to be and how the various courts are going to be interpreting some of these things. Um, it it um, In hindsight, it, it, it would seem that it's pretty obvious that this should have been covered under that. John Locke continues to note in his piece that gun tracing – isn't the tool that it's made out to be. Most of the time, guns aren't recovered at the scene. And when they are, it's usually because the suspect was down or injured or captured, meaning you didn't need to trace the gun itself to find the perpetrator. It's just not that important a tool. What it is an important tool of is control. The, I mean, the, the JPFO, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, which is kind of a now defunct organization, but 15, 20 years ago was one of the leading voices um, advocating against gun control because of the historical significance to Jews across the world and in America specifically. They, uh, <clears throat> they talked about it. In fact, Andrew Zellman had his, uh, um, had his book uh, that was uh, talking about gun registration is basically the the gateway, the what, what, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember the title, but basically, it was the gateway to genocide that he instituted. He had a he had a, a book that talked about the history of gun registration and how it led to confiscation and eventually to genocide in a variety of countries. Whether it was the Ottoman Empire, whether it was Cambodia and Pol Pot, whether it was the Kristallnacht in Germany. And he laid out how the registrations eventually led to those peoples being rounded up and summarily executed. 
in all these various countries. So really, the the serial numbers and the registration of all the serial numbers is really more about control than anything else. Because again, as John Lott points out, it's not a significant tool. Um, it's just not used enough. Most of the time, if you go back, uh, if you you know, most of the time, the vast majority of time, criminals aren't using a firearm that they legally purchased. That means that any kind of tracing of information doesn't lead police to the criminal, but usually to the law-abiding citizen who had his gun stolen. So um, the uh, as, as this West Virginia judge points out, the requirement for serial numbers is a 20th century invention and not something that is supportable under the Bruin standard. So I, again, it's not something I ever considered, but wow. You start thinking about the ramifications f- from that, uh, from all the you know, the, especially again, going back to Clarence Thomas's comment that um, I want to make sure that I'm reading it right. The government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. And quite honestly, I mean, this could go back to U.S. v. Miller. This could go back to the NFA, the National Firearms Act of 1934. Um, I mean, by 1934, the I mean, the United States was almost you know, uh, as a, well, not as the United States of America after the constitutional ratification and everything, but I mean, Americans had been here trying to set up a country for almost 200 years by that point. So is the 1934 NFA really consistent with historical traditions of firearms regulation? I mean, this is an argument that could be made. Um, and people are freaking out over the Maroon decision. And more and more, you're seeing what's happening uh, across the country uh, with this. And they are, uh, the, the media is now discovering that the SCOTUS decision is having an impact. Both Roll Call and The Hill um, have stories out uh, that came out this week uh, talking about the legal landscape for gun control in the wake of the Bruin decision. Now, both Roll Call and The Hill both take this uh, position of uh, the, the people who are writing for both of these uh, magazines or uh, news outlets seem to both take it as a given that you believe, as they do, that the Brune decision is disastrous, right? Um, the uh, Roll Call's Michael... Uh, McAnones says more than a dozen other challenges to gun control laws are pending in federal court, which legal experts say could leave holes in efforts to curb gun violence and the use of weapons in crimes. And with a longstanding partisan division in Congress over gun control bills, the Supreme Court likely will have a final say over the fate of national gun regulations. Judges are now grappling with how to apply the Supreme Court's decision from June, which has, quote, led to some pretty bizarre results, unquote, according to Andrew Willinger, executive director of the Center for Firearms Law at Duke University. I mean, it just sounds like it's not quite to the point of dogs and cats living together mass hysteria, but boy, it sounds like he's on the verge, doesn't it? The Hills' John Krutzel reports in the immediate aftermath, we've got a dozen courts who are striking down laws based on this decision said Jake Charles, the professor at the Pepperdine University Caruso School of Law. I think it's going to be shocking to people when they see the fallout from Brune in the first six months. <laughs> I mean, it, you, now you'll notice, I mean, we, we could 
<clears throat> All right, let me finish reading this because I, I don't want to take it out of context. I don't want to take it out of context. The majority opinion by Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, Thomas interpreted the Second Amendment as broadly protecting the right to carry a firearm in public for self-defense. At the same time, the decision reaffirmed that gun rights can be lawfully limited, namely by gun control measures rooted in the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulations. But the court's historical test has been roundly criticized as vague and offering little help to judges who are not trained historians. Except for precedent and I mean, that's, I, well, the Bruin test also eliminated the formal requirement that judges weigh whether or not a challenged law is effective in preventing gun violence, which could undermine public safety. Except for the Bruin test also eliminated the formal requirement for judges. Well, Justice Thomas made it clear in Bruin, if you read the, that the courts have been using the wrong test all along. So there was never a formal requirement that judges weigh the supposed effectiveness of a particular gun control law. But even more than that, the effectiveness of the law wasn't really the, the crux of that test, that interest-balancing test. Instead, the courts weighed whether the infringement on a constitutional right was outweighed by the government's interest in promoting public safety. This is, I'm putting air quotes, public safety. I mean, this is all part of the problem, but this is the hand-wringing. This is the handwriting. Now, again, it's interesting that in all these papers, you would think that they would find somebody who doesn't view Brune as an absolute atrocious decision, right? In this whole thing, you think that they could, you know, they've got, you've got David Coppell, you've got Stephen Hallbrook, you've got uh, um, uh, Volk, you've got Eugene Volk. I mean, there's so many different people out there, scholars that don't describe the Bruin decision as a as a as a you know a horrible horrible thing but that would require balance and that would require fairness and that would require a lot of things that many of these people are not interested in but again Bruin making waves the first 6 months baby this just happened in June i mean we're 3 months out what will this look like a year from now I don't know, but I'm kind of excited to see. I'm kind of excited to see what this is going to look like. All right, we got to go. Phone lines are open. You guys are awful quiet this morning. That's okay. I'll just talk. That's what I do. Don't forget Willie Waffle coming up at the end of the show today. We will continue with more. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Firearms Friday. Back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right. 
too many buttons. All right. Um, all this info is above my pay grade, says Hawk, but I'm learning thanks to you. I, this is, again, uh, this is what the show is all about. We're trying to do it. We're trying to we're trying to educate everybody. Um, I thought Joe Biden outlawed 3D printers for rifles and handguns. He can't outlaw printers because the printer could be used for more than just printing rifles and handguns, and he can't do. They're attempting to do this. Is all this is all? Again, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, no. Uh. Hey, ha, hey, Brian, those are sparklies, not not dust. Oh, and uh, Bill Brock calls them unicorn. That's right. That's right. These are unicorn farts right here. That's what all that sparkly is. It's unicorn dust. <laughs> um, all right. 33 right now. It's snowing in Fairbanks. Yeah, and I'm thinking that by the end of the day, most of that will be gone, uh, Sandy. But we'll have to see. There's supposed to be a cold front coming in. I was reading this morning. Supposed to be a cold front coming in from the east, so things are about to get chilly here over the you know at the end of the weekend. All right. Uh, oh, and Brian just posted a story about what I just covered. Okay, good. Um, going through here. Going through here. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I do love. I do love this. Again, this is, but and people think this. This is again part of the demystification process for Firearms Friday. Wait, cop shows are able to trace make and model based on shell casings. Well, you know, maybe because of the ejector position or something like that. Maybe you can find that, but unlikely, for the most part. They may be able to figure out the make and model if it's got a very unique extractor position or something. Um, but for the most part, you're never going to be able to narrow that down to a single gun, right? Uh, Frank uh, Tomaszewski says, uh, Tomaszewski says, uh, Grier Hopkins co-sponsored House Bill 122, which created a gun registry in Alaska. He's not a friend of gun owners. Agreed, Frank. Agreed. Um... Uh, casings are only useful if you have the gun, said Jeannie. Yep. Um, not just the wrong test. Legislating from the bench from special interest. Okay. No matter, um, no matter what Biden or the media say, the Bruin decision did not expand gun rights. We, the people, have always had these rights. The courts have only reaffirmed them. Big difference and playing with words. I agree. That's exactly. They are not expanding the gun rights. They are they are reducing the government's infringement on that. Greg says, "I wonder if someone will reintroduce the Hearing Protection Act." Was that the uh, the Hush Act? Is that what you were talking about? The Hush Act. Yeah. Between that and rolling back the FOPA, that could have that could have that could be fun. Uh, says Daniel. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. Um, again, if the 1968 GCA is not part of the historical, I mean, based on what the West Virginia judge just said, you could make an argument that the 1968 GCA 
is um, that parts of it are unconstitutional. I mean, you could make that argument. I don't know if you could win it in court. Um, but yeah. Mary Peltola, in her interview with the ADN, says she's willing to look at changes in gun laws. Reads that as she supports the – yeah. You don't think that Mary Peltola – I mean, I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherwoman. I'm for Alaska. You don't think that that is all pushwa? You don't think that this is all about, you know, telling you what you want to hear to get your vote? Um. Tar and Drummond are sponsors. He's a co-sponsors. Um, I'm going through here. The Glock kiss, sitting your hydraulic jack on my workbench, just enjoying the show and some good news. Well, Gordon, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, okay. <clears throat> 30 seconds. Hey, I got to delete that. I keep forgetting that I got to delete those things when they come in. All right, we're 30 seconds out. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Nobody's calling in. I thought, man, I thought we'd have like a full day of call-ins and everything else. Nobody nobody wants to talk to me. I'm a little sad. All right, here we go. Where I got do I got Okay, it's over here. Got it. Got it. I got too many too many windows, too many buttons. Here we go. Five seconds. This is so much easier in my own studio. Here we go. Okay, Uh, welcome back to the program. It is The Michael Duke Show, and it is Firearms Friday. And the phone lines are open to talk with you about, well, whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's firearms related. Uh, Don't forget this weekend, out there at the Go Winter Expo, the Shooters is going to have their booth out there. They've They've got their shooting simulator. Have you seen this? It's so cool. So cool. Uh, you can go out there and uh, do simulated, uh, you know, active shooter, uh, force on force kind of, you know, it. it's it's cool. Go out there and check it out. Uh, it's going to be at the Go Winter Expo at the Carlson Center Saturday and Sunday. Shooters, it's called. Shooters is the name of the They're located over above the Roundup on South Cushman. Uh, but, yeah, you should go check this out. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, all right, phone lines are open for uh, open line, open forum. It's gun Q&A all day, and somebody has called in, so I suppose we should say, I was just crying to everybody about how nobody's, nobody loves me, nobody wants to call in, and uh, and then somebody called in, so I feel they love me, they really love me. Let's go over to the phones, shall we, and see what you guys have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. This is Frank Tomaszewski from District 34, Fairbanks, Alaska. Well, good morning, Frank. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm fantastic. Another beautiful day at Fairbanks. Yes, sir. 
And don't worry, Michael. I love you, man. Okay. That's all. I just want to make sure that somebody besides my <laughs> wife loved me. That was it. I just need that reaffirmation. Remember, I'm a one of the one of the I'm one of the sensitive generation of no, I'm not really. I'm Gen X. But yes, thank you for loving me, Frank. It's it's fine. What's uh, what's on your mind today, my friend? Well, you know, it's it's getting pretty close to that time for uh, the gun show this weekend, so I'm excited for that. Uh, I'll be there. I've got a booth uh, at the Go Winter Expo. I'll be there with Rob Myers. We're sharing a booth. Uh, we'll be uh, chit-chatting with the folks. Um, also, uh, hopefully I get that table there at the gun show. Yep. And I'll put up some uh, information there about myself, be available to talk with any of the folks about uh, guns, firearms, uh you know, I'm not an expert in the field, but I know I and the rest of us have a God-given uh, right to keep and bear arms, and that shall not be infringed. Yeah, you mentioned in the chat room, of course, uh, House Bill 122, which was sponsored by, uh, co-sponsored by your opponent, Greyer, uh, Greyer Hopkins, and, uh, of course, Garen Tarr and Harriet Drummond, all the Democrats, uh, which, uh, you know, that's kind of the, that's the syndicate, that's the same three people that seem to be sponsoring the red flag laws, the gun registration, and everything else. I mean, what was the argument for them that we need to register guns in the state of Alaska? I don't know what their argument is, uh, you know, Michael. I don't know what these people think, you know, that it's that it's somehow their business to take away our rights. Uh, you know, what what makes them tick? I have no idea. But you you said it yourself, and and it's so true that uh, registration equals confiscation, and we've seen that through history, and we really need to not repeat history. No, absolutely. And again, if you take it to the nth degree. Uh, confiscation leads to re- or, uh, registration leads to confiscation, which eventually, in many cases, leads to democide, uh, which is the killing of people by government. Which we've seen again in, uh, I mean, you know, the Ottomans, the the Turks, the the Germans, the Cambodians, the Russians. I mean, I could just China. I could just go on and on and on about countries who, where they at one time had gun rights and had the ability to do it. But for the safety of the people, we need to register those guns. And then later on, of course, we saw exactly what happened then. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is not rocket science. History repeats itself. And I, for one, am not for repeating that history again. Oh, absolutely. We we need to uh, keep our eyes open and keep our ears to the ground and make sure that this does not happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Frank, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for uh, calling in this morning and being part of it. We'll see you at the uh, Go Winner Expo and out at the gun show this weekend. Hey, thanks a lot, Michael. God bless you. We'll see you then. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. If you would like to uh, sound off and talk about things to, you know, at all today, um, I'd love to. And whether that's advice on concealed carry, uh, whether that's advice on, uh, you know, tips and tricks and training for your firearms or anything else, uh, I'd love to be here to answer those questions for you if I don't have the answers. Uh, my Google foo is pretty strong, and I have the smartest listeners in the world. The chat room is full of people who are smart. Smart. Um, and so I'd love to hear what you guys uh, have to say. Uh, Tawny in the chat room asked, who else sponsored that bill? Garen Tarr and Harriet Drummond both sponsored that bill as well. Garen Tarr also, although I, I like some of the things that she does, she also sponsor, was the sponsor of that uh, 
red flag legislation that came through here a couple of years ago that went nowhere. I mean, this is Alaska, where even the Democrats have guns and love them and want to protect them. So to me, it was a little bit ironic. I think more and more, a lot of that stuff is playing to the base. They know it's not going to go anywhere, but they put it up because they can then say, look, I did this for you. I did that. Look at what I did for you. Okay, okay, thanks. Here's your pat on the back and your cookie. Uh, All right, let's uh, go over to the phones here, take another call before we uh, run out of time for this hour. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Kevin McKinley up here in Fairbanks. Hey, Kevin. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good this morning. Oh, good. I mean, really quickly, I'm getting ready to jump into a, uh, a meeting here, but you were talking about the, the shooting simulator over at Shooters. Yeah. And um, you just had, I had a fundraiser a, a event over there. Didn't you? And that machine is just awesome. It really is. Yeah. No, it's pretty amazing what you can learn on that. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, it's a little shocking. I went through the uh, point blank firearms down in Wasilla has one uh, similar to it. And I went through uh, a, 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 a shooting simulation where I had to go into a house and, and it was a shoot, uh, shoot, no shoot, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I consider myself pretty firearm savvy. And that thing was shocking to me. It was really, it really opened your eyes and uh, it got the adrenaline pumping. It was an amazing, amazing unit. I was just going to mention that about the adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, you would think this is a simulation. No big deal. This is like a video game. No, it's not like a video game at all. I mean, you've got a, you've got a gun in your hand that feels like a real gun. You're standing here. You're, you're in first person mode. You're walking behind people. You're doing all this stuff. And, uh, and then the guy turns on you just arbitrarily out of nowhere with a gun and you have to make a decision, a split second decision. I, I do have to say that I went through the thing like four times. And I died the first two times because I was just, I, it was, it was, I mean, it was just, it was like, wow. I, you know, you don't think about how fast things yeah, happen. It, and it was definitely eye opening. It was eye opening yeah, for sure. Yeah. They have 1,200 scenarios on that machine. Holy cow. Holy cow. Which is just amazing in, in, the, in the variety of in, in different skill levels that uh, are available on that thing. And you're right, the, the guns that they're using, I used, I was using a SIG. Um, it had the real weight. It had recoil. Um, they laser sighted into you. Um, it's just really impressive. And if you haven't had a chance to use it, you should definitely do it. Um, I was really grateful to to have access to it during during the fundraiser that we had. Um, I was hoping that you could have made that, but I guess you had a different you know different schedule. Yeah, um, that's what happens when you live. One thing forward. I wanted to point out is that um, um, my opponent has uh, had some experience with uh, some gun, gun legislation working for Adam Wool, uh, HB 203, which didn't make it uh, out of committee, but it was that safe storage um, legislation. And I think things like that can be really dangerous that, you know, they well, have a nice title to it, safe storage. Well, especially when they don't but, understand uh, the law. I found it ironic that, uh, that Adam Wool had to be educated on the floor of the house that gun manufacturers already included locks with all the guns. He wanted to mandate all this stuff, and he's like, that already happens. That is already going on. Uh, he didn't even know. I mean, this is the problem when you got legislators that don't understand firearms trying to make regulations and legislations uh, and legislation about firearms. Um, absolutely true, and, and also... My my uh, opponent in the uh, my legislative race, my House seat, 
35, um, Ashley Carrick, who is, is running um, for that seat also, helped write that bill. And yeah. you know, that was one of her proud pieces of, of legislation that she wrote. And I just don't think that people understand the, the unintended consequences of that bill. You know, like a quick scenario, if you picked your, your kid up from rifle class and then you were taking them home, you had to run into a store really quick and um, grab a prescription or something, you've just committed a crime. Right. Oh, no. No, I, so, I agree totally. It's 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 out of control uh, and very dangerous. Kevin, hold the line for a second. I'm going to talk to you here, but we're coming up on the break. Uh, i got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour 2 is dead ahead. The phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. We'll be back with more right after this. All right, Kevin. I'm sorry. I wanted to. I wanted to give you uh, uh, another another shot at that because, yeah. I mean, so wh- what did the law say that you couldn't leave the gun unattended, not locked up in a gun safe or something like that? I mean, you know. Correct. Yeah. So if if you're like me, I drive a I drive a uh, Jeep Cherokee, which doesn't have a trunk in it. So right. I mean, the whole car is is you know the back of it is a, it's a trunk and storage, and so. Um, it causes all sorts of problems that Bill does. Well, I mean, um, I can't tell you how many just, times coming back from hunting with my dad that we, you know, if we were hunting on the road system, and I can't tell you how many times we came back and we had the guns in the back of the truck or the back of the, you know, we we drove Jeeps too, Wagoneer. We had, you know, we had guns in the back of the car, um, and, uh, you know, that would have been illegal. Um, you know, how many people carry a, a rifle or a shotgun, a small rifle or a shotgun when they travel back and forth on the highways? That would have been illegal. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, it, again, these all sound good on paper, but really I think, and really they usually have no chance of passing in the state of Alaska, but it really kind of plays into that whole democratic mantra of we must be seen to try to do something. It's more political theater, I think, in a lot of ways. All right. And really quickly, I got to go here in a minute, Michael. But the other thing that it really um, you've got to look at is what does access mean? Access to your weapon, and you know most gun owners want you know something that's easily accessible in case of emergency, in case of a life or death or death um, situation. And that bill would completely um, destroy that. I, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just so amazed. It's just hard to. <laughs> That this bill was so bad. Right, but things right. like that that you've got to watch out for is, is what I'm trying to say when people are trying to pass these bills that say like safe storage and they always have this nice title to it. Yeah. So, Michael, I really appreciate your work. Keep it up. Um, I've got to take off here. Um, but uh, tell those guys to, to use that machine as shooters. It's great. You bet. You bet. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, Kevin. Uh, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sounding off today. Appreciate it. You have a great morning, Michael. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Kevin McKinley, candidate for House District 35, calling in as well. Seems to be the day to get a lot of people calling in, a lot of uh, politicians calling in to talk about all the uh, nastiness that's been attempted here. Um, um, here. The bill is a copy, uh, is a California copy, says Jeannie. Trigger locks and locked boxes for ammunition while you're traveling. Good luck with that. I mean, good Good luck with that. Remember, you have to inform a police officer if you're traveling. If they have a if they stop you, you have to inform them that you're armed, but they have no right to search the rest of the vehicle. 
they just got no right to do so uh, without you without your permission, unless of course you've given them probable cause. In which case, they won't ask your permission; they'll just do it. Um, okay. Um, going back here. Um. Um. She has put, oh, Jerrica's talking about, I think, Garen Tarr. She's put forth ag bills that I both agree and disagree with. However, I give her credit for being the only rep that's brought forth an ag reform bill in the last decade that I know of. Tammy Wilson brought forward some ag, ag reform bills, but she's no longer in the legislature as well. Um, but she, I mean, she, you know, like I said, she does one good thing and then she blows it all up by sponsoring a red flag bill. You know, I'm like, oh, this gal, this gal's reasonable. Oh. Maybe not. Maybe. But again, how much of that is just political theater? I mean, how much of that do you think is just political theater? I'm sorry, crackly, crackly. How much of that is just political theater? I I don't know. I mean, I think a bit. I think a lot. A big portion of it is just nothing but political theater. Um, Brune might be the end of the NRA, says Daniel on YouTube. I don't know how. How explain to me how you think that Brune would be the end of the NRA? I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see your logic on that. How how would you think that that would happen? I'm just curious. What is, I mean? How you know? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Is there cover and concealment? Says Jeannie. I'm assuming she's talking about the uh, shooting simulator, the one that I used, and of course I used it about eight years ago, um, maybe seven years ago. Uh, it did not have a. Um, it did not have a, a cover and concealment, and it did not return fire with plastic bullets. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But um, that would be cool. I mean, that would be terrifying, but it would be cool. Uh, the The regular simulator that I tried uh, was uh, uh, was spooky enough. I was just like, wow. Whoa. Whoa. Man. Um. Maybe he means NFA. Bruin is the end of the NFA. Maybe. Uh, I could see that. I could see the argument for that. Um, I could absolutely see the the end of that. Uh, Marcy says, utterly misinformed theatrics. Access is critical. People, lefty legislators, are too dumb. If they were in a situation that they needed a gun, they'd want full access to guns for them or their hired security. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, the, the stupid thing about a lot of these storage laws is uh, a lot of times when you are in need of a firearm for protection, you need it now. Right? Right now. Right Right now, you need it right now. You don't need to dilly dally and go to one gun, one one storage case for the gun, and then another storage case somewhere else for the ammunition, and try to remember everything and do all that stuff. I mean, again, <clears throat> the only uh, you know, an unloaded gun is nothing but a glorified club. There's nothing more useless, in my opinion, than an unloaded gun. That's why all guns, in your mind, should be loaded. I mean, that's you treat them as if they're loaded, right? Well, they should be. They should be loaded. That's what it should be. Uh, Jeannie says law enforcement simulators have return fire and cover. Man, I'd love, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love to try that. All right, folks, we're getting ready to jump back into it. Uh, let's get it done. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two is dead ahead. Phone lines are open. If you want to talk about anything, let's do it. Here we go. 
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Hey, my rifle. That's right. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a 2A nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? It is Friday. We're broadcasting from, it's Fairbanks Firearms Friday. We're broadcasting from Fairbanks today, TGIFFF, um, and uh, we're getting ready to uh uh, getting ready to dive into hour two of the fastest two hours. I mean, we, that was hour one was so fast. Uh, hour two is going to be even faster. I could just tell already. Um, for those of you just joining us, welcome to the program. Firearms Friday, of course, is our chance to try and demystify the firearm and gun laws and so much more. Uh, and that's what we're all about today. We'd love to hear from you. We're uh, opening up the phone lines. Right now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, and if you want to talk or have questions about firearms or gun rights or concealed carry or firearms laws or history or whatever it is, I'm all about that today. This is gun Q&A all day. We're talking about it. We're asking questions. And even if you disagree with me, I'm, I, you know, I'm all about that. I'm all about having a conversation uh, and, uh, and love to hear what you guys have to say. The number to call is 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Feel free to ring us up right now. Uh, again, the lines are open and we're ready to talk about it. I'm up here in Fairbanks because uh, this weekend is the... Go Winter Expo and the Interior Alaska Gun Show. Uh, that's going on this weekend at the Carlson Center, Saturday 10 to 6, Sunday 11 to 5. If you would like to come out and uh, see all the good, the, the the winter stuff, the winter toys and and how to get through the winter and, and, you know, without the cabin fever and everything, they've got all that at the Go Winter side. And then they got the Interior Alaska Gun Show where you'll find, uh, you know, all the guns and gear and everything else you need. Um, that's all going on at the Carlson Center this weekend. So if you're up in the interior, Nenana to Delta, and you want to take a quick trip into Fairbanks this weekend, it wouldn't be a bad time at all. So go out there and uh, come on out and see us at the Go Winter Expo this weekend uh, at the Carlson Center. I'd love to love to see you guys and uh, love to uh, meet and greet, shake hands. I might actually have, I might actually have. Some six o'clock club coffee mugs available 
Uh, for those of you who didn't get a coffee mug in our na- in our last uh, in our last uh, 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 buying spree or whatever you want to call it that we did, um, I did order some extra ones, and I might have some I might have some coffee mugs. I might actually have some T-shirts uh, available for sale there at the show as well. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how well I do today. I had some people that wanted to get some, and if it doesn't happen. Well, we might have some available tomorrow and Sunday at the gun show. So come on out and and see us there, and we'll uh, we'll enjoy that. Okay, um, we just finished up talking about the Bruin decision and the repercussions of that, and the you know the, I guess the not the unintended consequences, more the intended consequences. I guess more the unanticipated consequences. I think is probably the. Uh, the, the, the better uh, talking point, how there are ramifications to the Bruin decision that people hadn't even considered, uh, including uh, this judge's uh, ruling in West Virginia, where uh, he basically said, uh, you can't ban ghost guns uh, because that would be unconstitutional, that uh, you cannot, it would be unconstitutional to ban guns without serial numbers. The judge wrote, following the reasoning of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote the majority opinion in Bruin, uh, Thomas wrote, government must demonstrate that the regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulations, noting that it wasn't until 1968 and the 1968 Gun Control Act that all guns had to have unique serial numbers. Uh, Biden's expanded use of serial numbers is aimed at stopping the production of homemade guns, now called Ghost guns. Ghost guns. However, homemade guns have been around since even before the United States became a country. And it was never very hard to make guns with simple machine tools. But now their production has become nearly impossible to regulate. And the judge said that it is inconsistent with uh, the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. And uh, wow, Dr. John Lott's got a piece up on this. Uh, in The Federalist, which I will post up in the chat room for those of you who want to take the time to read it. It is a uh, it's a good read and you should go out there and uh, and check it out. Um, all right. Um, what else we got? What other stories we got going on here? Um, oh, this was another one. This is another impact of Bruin. I forgot about this one. Sorry. I was talking got talking about that West Virginia case. Um, But Bruin has had even further reaching ramifications. The the new one is in, of all places, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, although it is a pro-gun state overall, it had a provision that existed in their laws that would have prohibited gun ownership or possession in public housing. So you're down on your luck. You're, you know, you're, you've got part of the Section 8 housing program. You're being housed in one of the government-run uh, apartment complexes or whatever you want to, you know, the, 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 in the tenements or whatever. Uh, and Tennessee had a provision that said if you were utilizing public housing, you were disallowed and prohibited from owning a gun or possessing a gun on the property. Well, that existed, but no longer. On Thursday, 
the Tennessee Court of Appeals ruled that public housing agencies in the state are prohibited from including provisions in their leases that prevent tenants from having firearms in their homes. A three-judge panel made the decision unanimously, stating that it violated the Second Amendment. In the ruling, the judges cited a decision from the U.S. Supreme Court in June, the Bruin decision, uh, that struck down a New York gun control law. Judge Frank Clement wrote in the decision that, quote, in light of the Supreme Court's most recent decision in Bruin and keeping in mind the presumptively unconstitutional status of Columbia Housing's policy based on the Supreme Court's decision in Heller, we conclude that a total ban on the ability of law-abiding residents to possess a handgun within their public housing unit for the purpose of self-defense is unconstitutional under the Second Amendment. This whole case was surrounded by a lawsuit filed by somebody named Kinsley Brandon, who signed a lease agreement in April of 2018 with the Public Housing Corporation. The lease did not allow him to possess a gun on the premises. Thursday's decision could set up an appeal to the state Supreme Court, which has a Republican majority. Um, So I doubt it's probably going to get voted down. The interesting thing uh, about that is that um, New Jersey's new gun control bill, Uh, includes a bunch of provisions, some of them very similar to New York's uh, with the sensitive places and all that other stuff, which, I mean, I don't know why they want to keep pushing back against the Supreme Court's decision on that. But it it also, in itself, also includes a prohibition of gun ownership in public housing. And now Jersey wants to deny them that, even though we're seeing now that these things are being overturned. I think that there's going to be a lot of, um, I think there's going to be a lot of nose thumbing by a series of states, uh, New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, against the Bruin decision. And these will probably all have to be litigated because authoritarians going to authoritate. That's what they do. And these people who are in charge of these states, these elected leaders, are all really in the most authoritarians at heart. And they don't want to obey the law of the land. They don't want – I mean, they. this goes back to what I was talking about earlier where uh, the, the complaining was coming out about the Bruin decision about how they eliminated the um, – how they eliminated the the ruling uh, or the uh, the 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 legal test that uh, that the government had a compelling argument or a, a compelling reason to basically infringe on a constitutional right, uh, which the was pointed out that no, that's not what had happened. The the, the that that uh, that Clarence Thomas was basically clarifying, saying you can't infringe on a constitutional right for a compelling government interest of quote unquote public safety. It's way too amorphous. It's way too. It would not. It was not surviving the legal scrutiny that the Supreme Court was giving it. Um, and so it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to watch. Kind of interesting to watch all these things. I mean, again, the the whole thing that Bruin points out is that the courts have been using the wrong test all along, um, and it wasn't the effectiveness of the laws that was really the crux of the interest balance the interest balancing test. Um, it was instead that the courts weighed whether the infringement on a constitutional right was outweighed by the government's interest in promoting. Public again, this amorphous thing of public safety, right? That's what it's all. That's what it's all about. Um, and look, not everybody's paying attention to what the, to what these states are doing. I mean, and what I mean by paying attention is they're not 
they're, they're doing that most American of thing, civil disobedience. There's an article by Cam, uh, Cam Edwards uh, of Cam and Company um, over at Bearing Arms where he talked to and they had discussions with a group of people in New York City. Specifically, remember when I was talking about JPFO earlier on the program this morning, the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership? Jews across the United States have a I mean, they've got a history. They've got a vested interest in being able to protect themselves, right? I mean, that they have a they have a history behind them that shows what happens when they're not able to protect themselves. Uh, and the Jews in uh, New York's uh, in New York City have decided uh, in New York State have decided uh, that they will, well, they will not comply. Civil disobedience. Um, the late the latest uh, infringements, including all these very broad and vague sensitive places and the automatic disqualification of concealed carry holders being able to carry in places of worship, that's part of the New York law, um, is uh, being challenged in court. But the Jewish Telegraphic Agency is reporting on a number of synagogue goers who are still carrying to defend their sanctuaries in violation of the New York ban uh, on the concealed carrying in houses of worship. Now, they're not, of course, willing to use their names when speaking to the press because, I mean, you may want to be bold and say, I will not comply, but you're not going to give them your name. Uh, they are explaining why they're risking a felony charge in order to ensure an armed response to any attacker um, uh, that, that may attack their synagogue or their worship areas inside. JTA.org has got uh, the reporting on this. Uh, and they say a Jewish first responder involved with the security at his synagogue in Orange County, New York, said he does not comply with the state law. Like others interviewed in this story, he asked that his name not be used to protect him from prosecution. He said, I carry 24-7 wherever I go. I believe that law is illegal, not me. History has shown us that when Jews are not being allowed to defend themselves, this can lead to bad outcomes. That's the understatement of the century, but yes. He also added that police officers in Orange County, quote, might assume that we are still carrying and would be looking the other way, unquote. Uh, the Orange County Sheriff's Office declined to comment uh, Declined to comment on this. Another Jewish gun owner in Rockland County told the New York Jewish Week that he doesn't see the state law as valid. He said, I don't think it's illegal. Uh, I think New York says that they'll prosecute me for even carrying the firearm, but we'll take it up in the courts. He added that the fear of going to jail is meaningless when compared to the fear of an attack on his synagogue. Quote, if there is a use of force incident at my synagogue, I'm probably not walking out of there. If I'm willing to put my life down on the line to protect my community, am I willing to go to court and go to jail for a period of time? That's the price that I may pay. Which, again, is kind of, it's like, what, better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6? Right? This is a great article, and it's and again, it, it shows what I consider to be the most American of ideals, that act and that idea of civil disobedience. If a law is unfair, unjust, or blatantly unconstitutional, many times Americans have decided that they would just not comply, civilly disobedient. And in many cases, those laws have later on been overturned or revoked because people just refused to comply. All right, we got one more one more break coming up here that we're going to do. We're going to take maybe some more phone calls if you want to call in and talk about this or anything else. And we got Willie Waffle coming up. 
So we're going to be back with more. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Show. Radio. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry for all the delay there, but three mice, five screens, two different keyboards, you know. Irish Republic, here we come, says Brian. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've talked about. I mean, that's the when laws, and for those of you who don't know what an Irish Republic is, I mean, that's the phrase uh, that's used when you talk about when people in power create laws that are so idiotic and so anti-common sense or unconstitutional or unlawful uh, that people just basically lose respect for the rule of law from that government. And uh, it basically becomes, you know, it's a Mogadishu type thing. It's it's a it's a Mogadishu type thing. Um, it's not civil disobedience, says Terry. It's following the Second Amendment. Yeah, I mean that's exactly it. Um, uh, any any jury in any court can override any law any Congress passes jury nullification. They don't want you to know about it. No, they will actively discourage you. They will actively dismiss jury panels that are polluted, quote unquote, with the idea of jury nullification, even though it is one of the things that the framers and founders really wanted was the ability and the knowledge that people needed to know that uh, jury nullification was a real thing. Um, okay. I'm scrolling backwards here to see what else you guys uh, I think ghost guns were something Scooby and Shaggy ran from. Okay, Scoob, it's a ghost gun. Boinks. You believe Zoinks. It's the ghost gun. Uh, sorry, misspent youth. Misspent youth. That's what that's all about. Um... All right. Uh, what else you guys been talking about here? Um, uh, I was I had looked for a swag tab on your website, but I couldn't find one. Um, the new website is going to be coming up here. I just need some more time. The, the website is ninety percent finished. I I put a whole new I coded a whole new website. I spent two weekends working on it. I got it all squared away. Um, I've got to populate the store with the items and. Um, and that's it. Uh, but I, it's that that takes the longest. And so, I mean, I got the gun show. I got the Shriners football game. I got the radio auction coming up. Uh, it'll it the the new website will go up in November. Let me just I'll just say that right now. There's no way I'm going to get it done between now and the first part of November. It'll be up sometime in the middle of November. So there you go. I know it's Forearm Friday. <laughs> that's autocorrect, but you gotta love it. I know it's Forearm Friday. Oh, to keep and bear forearms. Uh, but you have a 20 to 30 
million listeners. No, I don't have 20 to 30 million listeners. I would love to have that many. And many may not know that the CDC just approved the COVID jab for childhood immunizations. This is a real killer here. The COVID jab is guaranteed death. No, uh, I agree. I was just talking to somebody whose family has a history of heart disease. And uh, both he and his sister, who are in their 50s, got the jab. And they both had heart arrhythmia and complications. Both of them. He had a he had an episode where he almost died because of that. And he goes, it was 30 days to the day after my shot. And she had the same, she had a heart enlargement that took place within two weeks of it happening as well. And it later went, but it was just out of the blue. And it was after both of them had the COVID shot. I I just, there's too many questions, too many questions. If you want to get it, get it. But giving it to children, that makes no sense whatsoever. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just going through here and reading through any of the things. Thousands, she said. Oh, M as in thousands. M as in the Roman M for thousands. Thank you. Sorry about that. All right, we're 20 seconds out. So I guess I'm going to turn myself down. We're going to get ready to pop up the music again and get, oh, shoot. I keep forgetting I got to take this out. I've got to delete. Come on. Come on, delete that. Okay, 16 seconds. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, like a chair, like a chair, like a follow. Here we go. Okay, we got about 10 minutes here uh, to finish up any thoughts that you may have on firearms. It is Firearms Friday. Uh, we got about 10, 11 minutes uh, before we got to uh, go to break, and then we'll be uh, talking with our friend Willie Waffle from WaffleMovies.com. He's going to come in and do the entertainment review. Um... I would love to hear what uh, you guys have to say. I mean, it is uh, it's Firearms Friday, and I want to I, I, I want to hear from you. Phone lines are open, gun Q and A uh, all day. Uh, you can uh, you can give us a shout right now at 907-433-3150. I'd love to hear what you have to say today uh, about all this. What other stories did I pull up here? Oh. Oh, see, have you been watching CNN? Now, I don't watch CNN very much. I, I occasionally, every week, I'll go out to their website a time or two just to take a look at what things are talking about. But there's a whole new thing. They have a thing called the Guns in America Project, which is a reporting team that um, uh, it will feature uh, – let me just read the press release – Uh, CNN announced today, this is two days ago, the launch of Guns in America, a new beat dedicated to tracking and unpacking all aspects of the complex and divisive issues surrounding guns and gun violence in the country. The unit will be led by CNN guns and security correspondent Josh Campbell and feature reporting and analysis from Reload founder 
Stephen Gutowski, The Traces' Jennifer Messia, and Abby Ann Clayton, reporter on The Guardian's Guns and Lies in America project. Together, the team will help illuminate possible solutions to Americans' gun epidemic or epidemic of gun violence. Now, you may think, well, this doesn't sound like this doesn't sound like good news. This doesn't sound like good news. Hi, hi, KFAR, hi, KFAR listeners. Um, too many buttons again. I, I, too many, too many buttons. I apologize. Uh, but, but you may say this doesn't sound like good news. I mean, come on. This is CNN. It's going to be all bad. Going to be all bad. Uh, and the, the the answer to that is, well, maybe. Uh, but the one bright spot in this whole thing is that they are including in this lineup Stephen Gutowski. He's the founder of Reload, which has been writing about guns and politics since it was first founded back in 2009. Um, he has won multiple awards for his reporting uh, over the past several years, and he was named Journalist of, year, of the Year by the Second Amendment Foundation and received the 2020 Bill of Rights Award from the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. He is a pro-gun journalist. Now, he's already outnumbered, right? He's got Josh Campbell on one side. He's got Jennifer Messia from The Trace, which is one of the most anti uh, gun uh, things out there, and of course the gal from the Guardian uh, as well, um, and so he's already outnumbered. But they are at least trying to include some kind of balance in this, and they've actually uh, we reported on this here last week or something, that, or two weeks ago maybe, that they had this surprising article about uh, uh, you know about gun purchases in America and how they were surprised that it was. Uh, you know, all women, minorities, and more liberals were buying guns, and they were shocked. Shocked, I told you, but they reported on it. Anyway, <clears throat> Shannon Watts, founder of Moms Demand Action, which is the group uh, that, of course, is funded by Michael Bloomberg um, and uh, and everything else, uh, was just incensed by this absolutely lost her mind on Twitter uh, over this. Uh, she said, this is the guy who CNN just hired as a commentator on guns, someone who was awarded the gun lobby's reporter of the year, who was a regular guest on the NRA's extremist NRA TV outlet and a friend of Dana and Chris Lash. She just and she, oh she just goes on and on I, I she on and on and on like just one it, it's like fifteen posts about this she is just ranting horribly about this and there were others of course uh, in the, in Twitter who joined her on this many of them are like oh no the uh, what did one person say the saying the hire was like getting paychecks for the price of innocent lives. No thanks at CNN. I won't be watching any of your programs. None. Because you see, this this whole thing, this is the interesting thing. This is not about having a conversation. This is not about having a, a debate. They don't want anybody who is ideologically opposed to them to have a microphone or a platform. I mean, again, this guy is outnumbered three to one on this program by liberal anti-gun journalists. 
And you'd think, well, that'd be, no, no, it's not enough. There should be no voices that disagree with the narrative. They want to marginalize any support for the right to keep and bear arms. They want to stigmatize it, demonize it, denormalize it, delegitimize it. And anytime you put somebody in there who is, uh, you know, who is even not even isn't mildly pro-gun, that's a bad move, because again, it runs contrary to their narrative. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. We want. We shouldn't. No, we shouldn't do. No. And of course, Shannon Watts is one of the most shrill of the shrews out there. Shrill shrew. Shrew, shrew, shrew. Can can shrews be shrill? She's one of the she's one of the most uh, just vociferous uh, complainers out there about all this stuff. But see, that's the thing. I mean, here's something that even what even approaching the appearance of balanced journalism, they're getting the cry out. They're getting the "I'll stop watching your programming" because you put even one out of five, one. It was it one out of four. One out of four is pro. Well, that's it. I'm not watching your programming anymore. Is that what it's become? Has it become this? It's all about the echo chamber. We only agree with people that uh, we only we only listen to people that we agree with. I mean, I have invited people on this show on a daily basis, but even on firearms, that's one of the things I talk about all the time. If you disagree with me, call us up and let's have a discussion. But no, no, no. We only want to listen to people that we agree with to reinforce our 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 self-esteem and our self-gratification that we're right and you're wrong. That you would dare to put one person up out of four that is even slightly, slightly pro-gun, right? Is just, it's too much. It's just too much. But, you know, again, I don't think she's doing herself any favors with the uh, with the ranting. But that's fine. She can delegitimize, delegitimize herself and and uh, and do all the other stuff. But this is, <clears throat> I mean, this stuff is just, it's insane. It is insane that we, that the fight would be over a one in four chance that somebody might hear a truth about guns. That's the thing. A one in in four chance. All right, uh, we got to go. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more and Willie Waffle in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. So I push all the buttons but the one that took me back onto the air on KFAR. That's... <laughs> uh, so I talked to myself for a minute and a half. Uh, I talked to myself, to you, and to everybody in the peninsula. But the people in Fairbanks are like, what? This thing on? This thing broken? Uh, the engineer had to send me a text because I wasn't looking up at the... Uh, wasn't wasn't looking up at the uh, radio at the chat room at the time. Okay. Um, uh, dead air on six sixty. Yeah, I know that was. Thank you. Uh, 
we're required to stand against evil. Buy the book. uh, Watch a show on Prime Video called Utopia. It's literally a manuscript for COVID. Really? A manuscript for COVID? That's what it's all about? The chair needs W. I guess it does. If you can hear the chair, I guess it needs WD-40. The chair in my studio, flawless. Flawless. Doesn't creak at all. (laughs) Brian is just, are you filling in for Harold today? Is that it? Complaining I need to vacuum the sparkles and then I need to oil the chair. Is my hair okay? I mean, it's a mess today, but is it okay? (laughs) Brian was just feeling the need to fill in for Harold today. That's what it was all about. Um, we're going to be joined here by Willie in a hot second. Um, I got his call coming in here in a minute, but I guess we'll, uh, I got another phone call. How much time do I got? Since I didn't start the timer, I can't really tell you, but I know I got about four minutes. Um, let's, um, um, six is, uh, six is a 42. Okay. I did the math on it. Let's go over to the phones and see what uh, you guys have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael, this is Carlene in Kodiak. Hello, Carlene. It's just uh, such a good, restful, relaxing show. I'm just, I'm kind of ready to face my day, and I'm not all stressed and wore out. That's Uh, good. It's just uh, so informative and good to hear you talk. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I hope that we're, I mean, I hope I'm giving people new things to think about, a new perspective, you know, more than anything else. Um, I just, I, I just want, I just want people to think about this stuff. That's all, that's all I'm asking these days. Even the ability to say no. Yeah, absolutely. coming across to me that we can say no. We don't have to answer our phone or answer our door. And we can just look at somebody and smile and say, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me. Exactly. No, thank you. You know, when you yeah. with an excuse. Right. No, exactly. Uh, and I think we should, I think we should apply that more and more to our, I think we should say no to more things, you know? Uh, hey, don't you want to come out and don't you want to do this? Don't you, don't you want to, no, thanks. I've got something else planned. You know, I mean, we should de-stress. That's we very should, honest. Yeah. We should de-stressify our life. You know what I mean? Uh, not get quite, we are all so busy. We're also hustle bustle. We're also, I think more of this, we should all say no more and spend more time with our families and uh, in quiet contemplation uh, and not necessarily worry about the world because we can only affect so much. I, I, I think that's right. And like you said, no, thank you. I don't feel like giving up my Fourth Amendment rights today. You can't search my vehicle or my or my house. I mean, you know, I just I think no is a powerful phrase. It is, and we were taught to be obedient. Oh yeah. You know, oh, so yeah. it's hard for some people. I worry for some people. We are, and we're not only are we taught to be obedient from a young age because of the public school system, because of our parents, because as Americans, we have an innate respect for law and order. We, we've been taught these things, but we're also indoctrinated by our television shows and by the movies and everything else. I mean, you don't see actual true due process in these things. You don't see that you have the right to not say a thing. You have the right to have a lawyer present before you say anything. You, I mean, all those things. We are indoctrinated in a lot of those ways. And and again, we're mostly good people. We're mostly law-abiding people. We want to do the right thing. Thing. But what you don't understand is mostly doing the right thing when you're having those interactions is shutting your pie hole and getting legal rep- uh, representation. 
The natural reaction is verbal diarrhea. We're put against a car with our hands up in the air, and all of a sudden we start saying a whole bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so natural. No, you get, you've get, you got, you're exactly right, Carlene. You're 100% right between the indoctrination and the fear factor and the babble factor when you babble when you're afraid. and every, You just need to learn to just, again, just say no to yourself, to everyone else, to all it. Just say no. You just shut your pie hole and be quiet and move on. Carlene, thank you for your call, my dear. It's always good to hear from you. I appreciate it. Uh, we're getting ready to come back here to the radio in about 20 seconds. I got Willie Waffle. My phone is uh, buzzing right now, so we're going to jump into that, and we're going to do it. We're going to get him on board, and we're going to talk about all of the fun stuff, the entertainment stuff for the weekend. Entertainment stuff for the weekend. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's uh, let's get it done. Here we go. All right, it's Friday. I'm done. I mean, really, it's just stick a fork in me. I feel like the day's already over. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com, comes in for our weekend movie review. We start off right now. Hello, my friend. How uh, How's life in the big city? I'm feeling TGIF today, let me tell you. Yeah, around here we say TGIFF. It's finally Firearms Friday, but that's okay. TGIF works for me as well. Um, all right, so... Um, Hey, we got stuff to talk about. What? Where do we? Where should we start? Is it Christmas time yet? It, it it might as well be Christmas time. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of Christmas sales going on. A lot, a lot of getting ready for the holidays. You know, forget about Halloween, forget about Thanksgiving, and uh, you know, HBO Max rolled out the biggest trailer of the holiday season this week. It is time to talk about a Christmas story. Christmas. A Christmas story. Is it? This is a sequel to the to the long loved "You'll Shoot Your Eye Out" Christmas classic. Yeah, that's what scares me. So here's the setup, okay? Yes, it's a sequel to a Christmas to a Christmas story. It's Peter Billingsley returning to Cleveland as a grown up uh, grown up father who just wants his kids to have the kind of Christmas he had when he was a kid. You'll shoot your eye out. I don't know if I'd wish that Christmas on anybody. Okay, all right. I know it's a classic. I don't want to beat up at it too bad. It's a classic. What's the what's the kind of the feeling been so far? The review, so to speak. Well, you know, I think they're just kind of teasing it right now. It's going to start on November seventeenth on HBO Max, and they have promised that a lot of the characters from the first movie are coming back. Randy's going to be there. Flick is going to be there. Schwartz is going to be there. And ladies and gentlemen. Scott Farkas is going to be there. Okay. I, this is not a movie that I normally watch on Christmas. I'll be honest with you. I think I've only seen A Christmas Story maybe twice in my whole life. Uh, it was just not one of those classics that I grew up on. I know everybody else is probably gasping right now. Uh, but uh, it was kind of fun. We watched it last year. I think it was the second time I'd ever seen it. So this will be interesting. When's this this coming out uh, This mo- next month? So, yep, November 17th. So just in time for Thanksgiving and the holiday season. And yeah, I mean, listen, A Christmas Story is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. 
Um, you know, and when they play it, you know, 24 hours, uh, you before Christmas, I at least catch it once, you know, and, uh, I'm worried. I don't, you know, if they're just going to make, I mean, listen, they're going to make a sequel that's supposed to make, just make several million callbacks to the original. (laughs) And if that's all it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be successful. Uh. They're going to have to come up with some sort of interesting take, some sort of interesting story to, to hook another generation and to hook this generation. Because uh, otherwise, if he just finds the leg, it, you know, or something like that, it's not going to be great. Well, there's plenty of time. Plenty of time has transpired. I mean, they could put a modern twist on it with today's modern problems, not today's, because it, this took place in the 50s when they filmed it in the 70s or 80s or whatever it was. So, But you could still move forward 20, 25 years and have a new set of problems. That would make it interesting to me. Yeah, and I, th- I think what they're doing, you'll see, the original was kind of set in the 40s, and uh, now Ralphie's supposed to be about 50. So I think that's going to put this uh, right in, uh, right there in the about the 1970s or the late 60s. All right. Your math is way off. It'll be in the 80s, but that's okay. It's, I, I get you. I get you what you're going on. <laughs> okay, maybe he's younger than I realized. Okay. All right, I'm just saying. Ralphie was like 10 years old, and you're like, put 40 years on that, and that makes it the 80s if it's 1940. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, right. maybe put 30 years on Okay. All right. Just This is the higher. This is co- this is where Common Core has brought us. Willy Waffle. Uh, okay. Um, we're always complaining that they're not bringing anything new. They're doing reboots. I said I'd rather have sequels. Somebody apparently listened because one of my favorite Bill Paxton movies is Twister, and they're doing a sequel. Unfortunately, not with Bill Paxton because he died from cancer in 2017, which still breaks my heart. But uh, they're doing a sequel. Yeah, and and I you know this is another one. I you know when you think about Hollywood is just digging deep deep in the closet for anything they can find. It is going to be Twister. That's right, the 1996 action film about tornadoes, okay? It's getting a sequel over 25 years later, and someone has named it Twisters with an S. Jesus, people, please. Uh, But I guess it's got some big name recognition inside of it. Apparently, uh, the big man himself, Steven Spielberg, absolutely went gaga over this script. Yeah, this is is like how they're trying to get everybody start getting excited about the movie. So it was written by, uh, by Mark Smith, who did The Revenant. And, uh, and, and they're spreading the word that the producer, Steven Spielberg, read the script and thought it was absolutely brilliant and totally flipped for it and said, we have to do this. So the, 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 uh, the story right now is that we're going to be focused in on the daughter that Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt had. But she's grown up now, and she chases after tornadoes. And uh, I have a feeling there's going to be one really big one, or maybe two or three really big ones that nobody's ever seen before that's going to put all of them in peril. Oh, of course, of course. Hey, look, if you're looking for Twisters, just go to Hell and Hunt for it. Oh, wait a minute. Go to Hell and Hunt. No, never mind. Uh, is she even going to be in the movie? Yeah, you know, that's up in the air right now. Uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, there's no word if she's actually signed on yet. Uh, I have a feeling there will be a delegate negotiation. You know, like maybe she'll get a really good pay to do one big scene or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd love to see it. Uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's move over to Netflix. They are done playing. They they like, we're done. We're done with you guys. Now, not only did they did they beat out, um, uh, what was it, Disney or whoever did the, the sneaky thing of, oh, here's my ad tier. 
Uh, here's my non-ad tier. Oh, and my new non-ad tier is now $3 more. They did it the other way around. They did it the right way, and they said, we're no longer giving you our numbers. Yeah, this is really interesting. So, you know, when, whenever Netflix does its, like, quarterly reporting, the, the focus is always on how many subscribers did you get? Did you hit your uh, goal for the number of subscribers you wanted to add? And this is always the big story around the release of, of their financials. And uh, they've decided, no, we're not going to play that game anymore. Starting with the first quarter of 2023, they are no longer going to share subscriber forecasts. Now, they're arguing that really, kind of like every business out there, they're going to focus on the revenue right. and, and how they're doing revenue-wise. But, you know, but here's the thing. They're, they're really going to have an issue. Where I, let me put that in a different way. They're, they're making it about the revenue now because they're launching the ad-supported uh, Netflix starting November 3rd. So they're going to want to talk about all the extra money they're making from all these extra subscribers. Right. Well, maybe they're shooting themselves in the foot. Maybe not. I mean, who knows at this point. But it is good to see that they at least understand that, by, that, that they're not charging their long-term subscribers more than what they were. That that was so cheesy when that happened. I I just it frustrated me, but I'm really excited about that. I you know, I I I I agree with you. I don't think you can say enough about a modern company that decided not to gouge its customers and decided not to screw its customers. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, the whole point of an ad-supported plan is that people who can't pay the 9.99 that we charge now will pay something less because that's more palatable to them." So they roll it out for six ninety nine. Yeah, no, I could see it. I love it. Uh, Harrison Ford. You may have thought he was dead or done or one of the two, but no, <laughs> no, he's coming into the Marvel universe. He is cashing in in ways that nobody has ever cashed in this late in their career. Let's be honest. And uh, you know, Harrison Ford. You know, he's already part of the Star Wars universe. He's already part of the Indiana Jones universe, and now he's part of the Marvel universe. He is taking over the role of General Ross, who was previously played by the late William Hurt. And uh, they made the announcement this week, not only is he taking over the role, but he will appear in the next Captain America movie, Captain America, New World Order. Which, I don't know, I'm still having a hard time not uh, being able to uh, look at my old Captain America and I have to look at the new Captain. It's I'm old. Change is hard. You know what I mean? But, uh, well, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, good for him. I mean, is that like the trifecta? Is that like the trifecta of Disney or something? You get Marvel, Star Wars, and, and your own, your own franchise. And now you're, you're golden. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they have to build a statue to him at Disney World or something. Like maybe he's a maybe he's a big plushy character. Somebody puts on the suit and the head, and they walk around like they're Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's get to the streams and the movies um, in theaters. Uh, I really want to talk about Black Adam and Peripheral. So, Trouble in Paradise, George Clooney, Julia Roberts. What's it about? Yeah, you know, this this is a traditional romantic comedy, if you will. With George Clooney and, and Julie Roberts, they play this divorced couple trying to stop their daughter from doing something very, very stupid. See, she's uh, going to be a lawyer at a prestigious firm in Chicago, but she goes on vacation to Bali and falls in love with a hot seaweed farmer and decides <laughs> to leave it all behind. And now mom and dad are trying to stop the wedding. A and, and, and this movie, I think, is really the epitome of good enough. Okay, I mean, this is relying so much on Clooney and Roberts. I mean, it, it's not really that big, flat stick physical comedy that I think you really 
been shown in the trailers and in the commercials. It's a little bit more uh, con- 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 contemplative, I think is the word I'm trying to say. You know, they're, they're, it's more about the discussions between them, the look back at their lives, the, 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 the decisions they made, the mistakes that they made. And I think it's got a little bit more warmth to it than that. Plus, the two of them can deliver a one-liner whenever needed. I'm going to say two and a half waffles. I, I like them both. in paradise. I like Clooney and I love Julia Roberts. And so, uh, yeah, I'd spend I'd spend an evening watching that for sure. But it's in theaters yeah. right now. It's not in uh, on the stream. So that's, you're going to have to wait for it if you want to wait for it at home. Um, Black Adam. I've heard all kinds of things. Some good, some bad. This is the movie that The Rock has been fighting to make, just like Brian Reynolds with Deadpool and just like uh, Jason Momoa with Aquaman. They fought for those roles. They wanted him to come to the screen. This is an, a, a relatively unknown DC character, but The Rock was like, I want, and it's out. Well, I mean, what do you say? You know, I've never been a huge fan of the DC universe. You know, maybe they need Harrison Ford. Maybe. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I just, you know, this movie here, it, you know, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of The Rock. I think he's great. Uh, but this movie, I think it's caught up in the traditional DC style. And that style is brooding. Right. Yes. We're going to be emotionless. Right. We're going to be dragging. And we're going to be dull. And we're going to brood. We're going to take the most charismatic man in the screen and make him brood. Yeah. And that's what you get in this movie. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a horrible idea, but the whole thing feels like they're just trying to set up this character to participate in other movies. That's the tough thing. I saw the trailer and I went, man, this is really dark. It doesn't even seem to have any really light moments like they show on the Marvel trailers and all. And I know everybody's like, I hate comparing everything to Marvel, but they've got the formula. They do it right. You've got to have some fun. You know, you've got to have some of that fun in there. And uh, it just seems like the trailers was like dark and like you said, brooding. And it seemed like it was taking itself way too seriously. Yeah, I mean, Marvel is the gold standard, okay? And, and and DC Universe has always tried to get there, tried to live up to it, and they just haven't yet. Uh, you know, and, and they're, they're kind of doing more to build this kind of, you know, the universe. We keep calling right. it the universe, but that's what they're really trying to build. You know, they're starting to involve other characters. We've got Viola Davis from Suicide Squad showing up in here. Uh, you know, they're trying to lay the uh, lay down a couple of new characters, like Hawkman and uh, Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. And, you know, they're really kind of, you know, trying to get us to the next step. But we, we want to know why is this step so important? Right. I mean, yeah, we're going we're gonna to learn about Black Adam. We're going to learn about his past, his vengeance, his anger, how he, you know, really does, you know, seek violence and, and, and destruction as a way to control things and, in his mind, make things right. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to have kind of that, that conflict. But, you know, it just feels like, we're dragging the whole time. Just let's let's give this guy a story that matters, rather than let's introduce a whole bunch of other characters we're going to use later. Negative one to four waffles for Black Adam. Well, I'm going one and a half waffles, and uh, uh, I will say many of you have probably heard that the uh, the scene that's uh, buried in the uh, credits has already kind of released or not released but leaked out, and uh, it just proves my point. They're just trying to create Black Adam to use them in other movies. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're looking for that Marvel gold, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what they want to do. All right, finally, the one that I really wanted to talk about. I've been looking forward to this. I've watched the trailer for this a dozen times. I'm just, I'm psyched about it. Peripheral, Amazon Prime series, 
Chloe Grace Moretz is the star from the gal from Kick-Ass and a bunch of other different movies. Um, this looks awesome. Give me your take. I, I One want minute. it to be better. I really do. I, I, I just kind of feel like they're trying to do too much. There's like too much going on. You know, so like, you know, here we are, we're in this you know, world 10 years down the road. It's a futuristic world. You know, she's kind of this gamer. Her brother is a gamer. They're, they're testing out this new virtual reality system that's the more amazing than anything you've ever seen. But maybe it's more than just a game, my friend. It could and be. And they just start adding layer after layer after layer. And, and your, your head is just spinning, trying to keep track of all the different characters and all the different motivations. I'm in the current time. I'm in the game. Now I'm out of the game. Now I'm trying to figure out if, the, if, if this character in the game is real or if they're just a robot. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff going on. Well, I like that. Uh, maybe. Well, is then it, you're going to love it. How many How many episodes have you seen? Quickly. I, I've seen three episodes. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm losing it a little bit. I'm going one and a half. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to see it. It's out right now on Amazon Prime. Out tonight on Amazon Prime. Willie, thank you so much for coming on board. I appreciate it. Hey, you got it. I'll be here next week. I will be too. Folks, uh, Monday, Kevin McKinley will be joining us and more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Have a great weekend. I mean, I'm in for that trippy, like, is it real? Is this real life or is that real life? Is this a real person or is this a make-believe? I mean, I'm kind of into that. So I don't know. Maybe it's just... My flavor versus your flavor? I don't know. I'm, but yeah, I, I, it, it probably is. I mean, because the way that you're talking, I'm thinking you're going to think Peripheral is the greatest series that you've seen in 20 years. Well, I mean, the trailer looks. The trailers looked amazing, amazing with it. You know, this whole virtual reality that's not just virtual reality. You are in the game kind of thing. Uh, you feel it. You do. I mean, it's just, I'm like, this looks it looks astonishing, and uh, I really would like to. I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to have to wait till I get home, uh, unfortunately. But uh, okay, one and a half waffles. I'll tell you how wrong you are next week. How about that? Okay. Hey, right. I'm open to that. You know, yeah, I know this you is are. My I, know. Life. I know. <laughs> Willie's used to that. Waffle, you're wrong. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Thank you, Willie. I appreciate you coming on board. All right. Talk to you next week, folks. We got to go. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs>